Dr. Paul Williams, the Rebecca Grazier Professor of Law and International Relations at American University. I am joined today by my special guest, Knox Thames. Knox is dialing in from Washington, DC. Knox was a student of mine back in 2000 and one of my star JDMA students at that time. Now for over two decades, Knox has promoted rights of religious minorities abroad and combated persecution. He has served in the Bush, Obama, and Trump administrations and has worked on a bipartisan basis at the intersection of global affairs, religion, and human rights to accomplish significant policy goals. In 2020, Knox left government to embark on a book writing project and joined the Institute for Global Engagement as a senior fellow, where he is currently a visiting fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. He is also a visiting expert on the Middle East and religion and inclusive societies at the United States Institute of Peace. His recent book, Ending Persecution, has just been sent out for review and, crossing our fingers, publication in the coming months. Now, prior to focusing on his book project, Knox was the first ever special advisor for religious minorities in the Near East and South Central Asia division within the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights and Labor at the Department of State. Before that, Knox served as the Director of Policy and Research at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Knox, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. It's our pleasure. And as our repeat listeners know, the idea of the program is a rapid-fire 10-minute conversation for one of our alumni, such as yourself, who's achieved professional excellence to share some of their secrets uh, that they've learned along their career path. So Knox, let's kick it off with the first question. What is your wow? What makes you snap, crackle, and pop professionally? It's a great question. I, um, when thinking about it, I, I was just reflecting on how I'm sort of wired for movement. I'm, I'm always looking to, to take action, to do something. I, I, just, I don't sit still very well. Um, and so in a professional environment, I've discovered over my career that I've always been the one to be innovating, to trying to find new ways to solve old problems. Um, and as I've worked in the human rights space uh, in an international context, we know that persecutors are innovating. And so the, the people that I've respected, that I've looked up to in my career, I've seen how they were always innovating. They were trying to come up with a counter to the, the new mode of persecution that individuals were suffering from. So I think I've tried to emulate that to um, not just take things as I find them, but to improve them, to, to level it up. Um, sort of like in, if you're playing Madden, you get to that next level of excellence um, so that we can meet the challenge of, of the day and uh, help limit human suffering. So you're constantly reinventing your, your toolkit. You're bringing an entrepreneurial spirit yeah, to absolutely. preventing persecution. So Knox, a similar question, but what is your secret to your success? Now, my, my uh, first job out of college, I joined AmeriCorps, which is uh, like Domestic Peace Corps and did refugee resettlement in Atlanta. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I came from small town Kentucky, not a very diverse part of the country. Uh, and so for the first time in my life, I had friends that had suffered unimaginable persecution 
because they were a member of the wrong tribe, wrong uh, religion, or what have you. But the, the slogan for AmeriCorps at the time was getting stuff done. And I think the success I've had is that I've always been very result-oriented. Um, I, I cannot stand missing deadlines. So I always prioritize, you know, getting things done, ideally before the deadline, but certainly by the deadline. You know, in Washington, D.C., as you know, Paul, there's a lot of people who like to talk, not as many people who like to do. Um, and I've learned that, that supervisors appreciate when you can produce, when you hit those deadlines, when you get the job done on time and under budget. Um, and especially if you're working with political appointees who have a limited shelf life, they, they you know, there's a clock ticking down for them. Um, and so they're in a hurry. And then also getting things done because when you're working on human rights, there's usually individuals whose lives are at stake. They're in jail. They could be facing execution or a lynching. Um, so you've got to be able to respond rapidly and concretely. Uh, so I think that's the, the success I've experienced is just, um, you know, attacking a problem and, and bringing some type of resolution to bear. And just, just getting it done, realizing that there's an end goal that you need to get to right away because you literally are saving lives, working yeah. to save lives. I mean, otherwise, you're just admiring a problem and saying, oh, I wish someone could do something. You know, when you work for the United States government, you represent a superpower. And of course, we have a lot of competing priorities and you have to balance other issues. Uh, but, you know, when you're working in the Human Rights Bureau at the State Department, you are the angel on the shoulder saying, look, there's got to be a better way. We've got to act now. We want to represent our values and our interests. They are, they do intersect. They do reinforce each other. And we need to act now. So Knox, what is your brand and how has your brand contributed to your success? You know, I've, people I've heard comment about me, they like that I'm balanced, that I, I don't throw bombs, um, I'm nonpartisan, I'm fact-driven, uh, you know, I, I try to be friends with everybody, right, left, and center. You know, if you're uh, good on the human rights issues I'm focused on, then let's work together. Uh, you know, I, of course, I have my own political views, but, uh, you know, I came to Washington, my wife and I both came to Washington to do human rights work. Um, that's why we're here. And uh, if you're if you're focused on the issues I'm focused on and you have a constructive approach, then let's try to find a way to work together. And I think that's been uh, part of my brand that's worked well and um, been able to build, you know, unique coalitions that are unexpected and when you're doing human rights work, it's usually those unexpected coalitions that have the greatest impact. Yeah, people don't expect a bipartisan approach to a particular issue or for Congress right. to come together and really put themselves behind a, an issue. I right. think we're seeing that a little bit with Ukraine nowadays, this yes, absolutely. bipartisan support for that. So the next question is, is I'm, I'm going to ask you, you know, how do you define excellence? Because uh, you've clearly accomplished it. And, and I was going to make a joke on the introduction that if I read your entire bio, that would take up the 10 minutes of our yeah. podcast. <laughs> so, so as an alumni who has, who has achieved excellence, how, how do you define excellence on a personal basis? Well, I mean, it's kind of you to say that I've achieved excellence. I've, I hope that I've consistently pursued it. Um, but when I think about people who are truly excellent, I think what stands out to me is that they're usually committed to a, to a cause that's greater than themselves. Um, you know, the, the world is a hurting place. Uh, we need more people to get involved in 
fighting for human rights, combating persecution, seeing a more just and humane uh, societies and governments. Um, and, you know, especially in a place like D.C., you see so many people who are climbers, who are out, they're ambitious, they're trying to enrich themselves. And to some extent, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all have ambitions and we all want to, you know, continue to improve our our status and, and well-being in life. But it's those people that are committed to a, a larger cause that are willing to uh, live and act sacrificially. Those people are excellent. And those are the people I hope to try to emulate. Um, so I think that's, that's what I was, that's when I think of excellence, those are the kinds of people that come to mind. And Knox, how do you achieve that excellence? You're emulating them, attempting, aspiring to be, you know, yeah. that type of professional. How do you, how do you go about achieving that? You know, the, the advice I usually give young professionals focuses on sort of three components. And this is, you know, when you're starting out, when you're just getting out of grad school and um, it's, it's a competitive work environment, especially if you're doing human rights work, while there's an overwhelming number of client, clients, there's an underwhelming amount of resources to fund the work. So actually getting a job in human rights work can be pretty competitive, um, maybe more competitive than in uh, private sector. Uh, but there are three things I always tell people to focus on. One is writing, you know, learn to be a good writer, uh, get published, um, you know, get that note published in a journal, either at AU or my, my note was actually published at Michigan State. because I sent it around just to get it in print, um, look to write for blogs, uh, try to say insightful things, not inflammatory things, but just prove that you have a, a point of view and some expertise. When I was in a hiring position, hiring manager position, you get a stack of resumes, you know, two feet tall. Those young professionals that had a section on the resume that talked about publications, that put them on the top of the pile because that showed me you knew how to write. It was a validator. I wasn't going to read their dissertation. I wasn't going to read them time to read the long articles. If they'd gotten published, that told me someone else says you're a good writer and could put together an argument. And that is so important when you're doing uh, work in government especially for human rights. Second is learning to communicate in a foreign language. I'm pushing 50. I'm probably the last generation that can get away with not speaking a foreign language. So having that skill just opens up so many doors and sets you apart. Again, it's trying to get to that top section of the resume pile. And then lastly, networking, um, building that professional network. I interned so much when I was in law school, taking advantage of being in D.C., interning at the UN High Commissioner for Refugees Legal Office up on the Hill at the Helsinki Commission at the State Department's uh, Office of Legal Advisor and just kept up the professional network. So when my resume got to the top of the pile because I had done the other things, I would know someone who would remember me or could put a good word in for me and then get me that interview. Um, so the old truism is not net what you know, it's who you know. It's half right. Um, you do need to know something, but having that professional network can get you that interview. So then you have that opportunity to really sell yourself so you can start that career, so you can start to pursue excellence, uh, hopefully pursuing uh, work in human rights. Um, That's great advice, Knox, the, uh, especially, you know, writing, writing, writing. Um, and I give the same advice to my young professional colleagues. I say, publish something because yeah. then you can put a line on your resume that says yeah. publications. And then even if it's just one, and then for the rest of your life, that yeah. section grows and grows and grows. You can only Absolutely. go to one law school, but you can publish multiple <laughs> times. 
So, uh, right. And we won't we won't discuss whether faculty members actually read the dissertation either <laughs> before, <laughs> before voting on it. <laughs> we'll keep that a secret. Yeah. Um, well, now, Knox, let me turn to the last question, which is the real reason why people turn into this podcast. Uh, and this is what is your favorite <laughs> flavor of ice cream and yeah. what does it tell us about you? Well, I can tell you my favorite flavor is Oreo. And, uh, you know, I like it because I guess it's two ice creams in one. You get, I love Oreos. I like ice cream. So it's two desserts in one. Every scoop's a little different. How much of the cookie crumble are you going to get in each bite? Maybe there's some mystery or surprise there. I have no idea what that says about me, but um, I'm sure something profound. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe you're a Gemini where you've got the... Uh... <laughs> I have discovered on this podcast, there, there, there's two types of people. There are the, the ice cream purists, which I admittedly fit into, Jamok almond fudge, mint chocolate chip, and perfectly in a hot fudge sundae with hot fudge on the bottom, hot fudge on the top. <laughs> Very good. And then there are people who mix non-ice cream things like oh. Rios or oh, yeah, okay. into their ice cream. I, I don't really fathom or understand that, that sort of <laughs> uh, collection of individuals, but yeah. it's popular i think we're running 50 50 on the podcast wow. what, what's your favorite ice cream what, what would you a, pick my i would pick a hot fudge sundae uh made at the baskins robbins in leicester square on london with jamon gum and fudge mint chocolate chip and they do a double hot fudge sundae where they put hot fudge on the bottom of this cup before they put the ice cream then on hot fudge on top wow my wife and i used to go on friday afternoons down to watch the odeon theater and we would stop and get one of these hot fudge sundays, sit in Leicester Square, and life was great. Those were the days. Wow. <laughs> what it tells you about me is I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> well, well, Knox, thank you. Thank you for joining us today uh, and for sharing with us some of your insights and in, in how you have, have pursued and, and achieved excellence. Uh, it's hugely valuable for my students and other young professionals as they're embarking uh, on their careers and hoping to make a difference in the world. So thank you. No, it's my pleasure. Happy to help.